0: Uh, Just, just a heads up. Anything that I'm saying, I could be talking about. It's just, you know, it's information. Can we put that line right at the beginning of this podcast? Let's just, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Actually, a little disclaimer, please. On the
1: website, right on the landing page.
2: Yeah. 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 Thirty-two minutes. Put the.
3: There's a timestamp right there. Thirty-two minutes, forty-three seconds. Okay.
0: It's tasty, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know. Just, just so you guys know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, no, no, no. It. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast.
2: Welcome to B-Sides and Beers episode 74. Tonight we're hanging with Jonah from Detonate Brewing out of Summerland, BC. What's going on, man? Thanks for uh, joining the show. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me on. This is fun. It's a first for me. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's awesome. We were just talking to Jonah right before that, and we, we were saying that we've never talked to anybody who has it's taken over the brewery <clears throat> rather than starting one kind of from scratch. So uh, yeah, Jonah's taken that over. So it'll be interesting to talk to you from that side of it. But we, Jonah, like we do every episode, we need to start with what we're drinking, and guests go first. So tell us what you got.
0: Cool. It's a pleasure. Um, as you guys can see on the screen, I got a nice light uh, pale ale. It's um, one of my brews. Obviously, it's in a glass. Um, and I did this one uh, with fresh hops, actually, from farmers here in Summerland. So, um, you know, most breweries give away their grain to farmers to feed horses, to do fertilizer, whatever it is. It's just, you know, less waste that you have to deal with. And um, obviously, you know, it goes to a good cause. And they just came one day and they said, hey, we got some hop plants growing. And I thought, that's amazing. I love that. I would love to do a fresh hop, especially like, you know, because I basically I think, it was, I think it was my third or fourth uh, actual brew on this system. And, you know, so I was super new to it all. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's in season. May as well just give it a shot. And so it turned out really nice, crisp, clean. It's even clear now. Um, I basically did like super basic uh, malts and, you know, bittering hops and, and then just dumped in about 14 kilograms for, I think it was like a six hectoliter batch. Uh, so quite a lot of fresh hops awesome. just kind of for flavor and aroma. And so it turned out really nice, clean, a little bit of like that, you know, fresh hop sort of vegetal, but it's really not overpowering like a lot I've had. Um, so, I'm um, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. And it's a nice, easy nice. Drinker. And What do you call it? Awesome. This one, I actually, so I, I took on one of my friends to kind of be my, uh, Brewing assistant, and it was his first brew with me. And so I'm calling it Joey's first fresh hop Nice. nice. Um, his name's Joe. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, it's kind of fun when you get to name it Is that names. one
3: going to be like around like
0: again? Like is that seasonal? <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, you know probably seasonal i'm not sure that i'd be able to exactly replicate it um from the people that i got the hops from i actually like they didn't know what variety it was there was actually two different farmers um the one of them didn't know any of the variety at all and they just basically had grown more and more and more on their property and the other one it has like uh chinook uh nugget and one other that i can't remember off the top of my head but uh, some nice hops too um so yeah it's a Real mix, but yeah, no, I'd absolutely, next time I do a fresh shop, I'd definitely do it in this style with like the grain bill that I have and the yeast. I mean, it's just a basic yeast to kind of, uh, showcase it, but yeah, no, it'd be fun too to just keep using the same farmers because obviously, you know, hops grow back and just use the same plants over and just maybe make a bigger batch next year and maybe make a label for it. Maybe can it, we'll see. Might just stay in the tap room.
3: Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Dane, what you got,
1: what you got. Sure. Um, Well, I went into the liquor store with the intention of getting something super awesome and different, and I just fell right back into some favorites. So um, I am drinking my uh, Squirrel Chaser Hazy Pale Ale. um, Squirrel
0: Chaser. Yellow
1: Dog. Squirrel. Yeah, I love Yellow Dog. Um, I've also got a fresh hop Yellow Dog upstairs in the fridge that I might enjoy a little bit later on. Um, And then, let's see, I've got a uh, Kitty Hawk Honey Cream Ale from Ace. Ooh. Yeah. um, Was, like, off the cream ales for a while, and I had one a couple nights ago, and I was like, this is so delicious. (laughs) I have to get more of these. (laughs) Um, Okay. I also have a a Tunnel Vision. This has been a staple for, like, the past couple of months. It is a, um, a Euro beer. IPA. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, New brewery,
1: right? I, yeah. I mean, I have never seen this before up until, like I said, a couple months ago I saw it, and uh, I was intrigued by the Euro IPA. And um, it is great. It's, uh, it's a different IPA, obviously, but uh, one that I keep going back to. And then um, I keep going back to this one, too, obviously, uh, Hoine. Helios. The helios so this yeah. is a dortmunder golden lager it's so delicious so And like nothing my, yeah. like anything
3: else I've had either
1: like that's such a different tasting beer the the helios yeah 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 Hoin does such a great job I mean it's not it's not like um you know it's different but it's not like a, a popsicle creamsicle you know weird yeah, yeah. sort of flavoring it's just something done really well yeah um and they tend to take um like old european recipes and and you know just sort of make them a little bit more contemporary i guess but
0: um,
1: yep.
0: yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys have seen the uh the summer mix pack that they had in liquor stores oh, yeah. this summer but oh, i was drinking that so much it's <laughs> such a good array of beer Like the four they had in there were just perfect It was so nice for a nice sunny day I think I bought that pack probably like six
3: times Yeah, Yeah. it's some go-tos Some go-tos for sure (laughs) Uh,
0: Mike, what you got? Love one
2: Well, tonight
0: I have um,
2: Going back to Something similar that I had last podcast It is A a wee angry scotch ale Or yeah, scotch ale From uh, Russell Brewing Co. Oh yeah it's a six point six point five percent that's the first one, and it's fantastic if I had it a million times and it's it's brilliant and the other one is from a company this is imported from Holland now I've had them on before like last year and it's uh the company is or i guess the brand is eight six or I don't know if it's the it's not the brewery. So it's it's called Eight Six and it's from uh, Bavaria Brewery out of Holland and this is their Eight Six Extreme. So extreme, oh, yeah. man! So, so this, yeah. is, this, this is this is a, this a nice. is a five mil, and it is a ten point five percent.
3: That's got to be the so, record
2: on this on this it, podcast. I think it I is. Think so. I think it is. Yep. Wow, okay. what's the 86? I'm pretty sure. 86 proof, brother. Proof,
0: yeah. I've I've had
2: a, a couple you know, of in, offerings in, before. But.
0: in the restaurant industry they have a, a saying. You know when you ate a six something, you guys yeah, you get tossed, now. like yeah, you yeah, get banned yeah, that's from the restaurant. Exactly what is that? That beer, 86. <laughs> no, doubt. that's it.
2: Maybe there no doubt it. Mm-hmm. that makes sense, man. Totally yep. makes sense.
0: What's yeah. you <laughs> What is the eight feet deep, six foot you long. Got it. Yeah. You're great, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> a, so yeah, brilliant.
2: this uh, this is probably gonna kick my ass tonight. But uh, yeah, that's why you you go Good for back. this. So excited.
3: Yeah, that's heavy, man. Hey, Ready I went for the
2: roller coaster
3: ride? Cross Canada on this one, because again, I could not find uh, any new beer, BC beer. I I could not find one new one. I shouldn't say that. They were in four packs. They were in four packs. But again. We've talked about that before, so I'm going. There's a little bit of everything. So I, uh, this is, um, it's called Legal Issues Scottish Export Ales from Origin Malting and Brewing Company. And This is at a Strathmore, Alberta, Strathmore, Strathmore Alberta. Ayo. Yeah, so Origin. a Scottish export ale, six percent, holds nothing to the ten point five, but uh, <laughs> I it all win. All talks about Alberta farmers and supporting Alberta farmers. So. Uh, Here's the next one. This one is the Boxing Rock Brewing Company, the Three Sheets Cream Ale.
1: Nice, nice. Oh, wow. I and never this... heard of Boxing Rock. Neither before.
3: have I. Probably because it's out of Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Ah. So there you be. There you go. It is legendary beer. And the last one, <laughs> brewed out of Black Diamond, Alberta, Hard Knocks Brewery, the Early Riser Coffee Stout. Ooh, I always love coffee stouts.
0: (laughs) It is a nice can. It's got like,
3: it kind of has the whole wraparound thing on there too. So yeah. Oh, nice. (laughs) 5.4% made with locally roasted coffee from Black Diamond, Alberta. So there you go. That's the three banger lineup for this evening. Beauty. Jonah, let's talk about Detonate. Let's give us the lowdown on this whole thing. Like you took over, this is like a movie, like you took over a brewery. It's like, I think every one of our fantasies to just have the, take that over. and just You don't have it, but how did this all go down? Like I, you know, I, I read a little like a news article on it when I was looking up Detonate, I saw that it was for sale and like the, basically the owner was like done and then, that was the last I heard about it. So take us from there. Maybe.
0: Yeah, no. So, um, a little history detonate has been, well, detonate was uh, founded in 2017, uh, by a guy named Nathan Rosen, um, out of West Kelowna there. And, uh, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Like probably one of the smartest guys I know. He's an engineer, uh, in his day job now anyways, um, going back from it, but he's been brewing I think for 14 years, uh, you know, some crazy He's just like a really knowledgeable brewery is one of those guys that like, you know, he he won't outright tell you about everything that goes on, you know, in the brewing process. But if you ask him, he knows, you know, Um, so super smart guy, he opened up this brewery and I'm actually sitting in the tap room right now, uh, which was opened in 2019. And then next door, it's kind of like a couple of garage units. Um, Next door is the original brewery and which, you know, is still the place that brews the beer. Um, and then there was a little room, I think it's only like, it's gotta be like eight by 10 feet. Uh, that was his original tap room. And basically like the cooler over there that stores the beer now, um, just back straight onto, uh, some taps, uh, right in that, you know, eight by 10 room. And that was his original tap room up until 2019. Uh, so he was there, uh, he does, yeah, he's been doing like a lot of barrel age stuff, which is really cool. He had a facility across the street that had, uh, you know, when I got here, there was 36 barrels that were just, um, you know, a lot of them were a, a little bit too far gone at that point, but you know, there's some that, you know, I'm salvaging and, and continuing with, but yeah. So after 2019 he opened up the tap room and this is kind of where the, you know, the story for him goes a little bit South, unfortunately. Um, obviously COVID happened, right. COVID-19 happened. Uh, just early 2020. And then he had to, you know, you couldn't have people inside. And so he had this new tap room uh, that, you know, he just kind of like put all this work into and then couldn't really use it. So yeah, super unfortunate for the guy. I'm like, obviously, you know, I would much rather it's just, you know, him here doing his thing, making his beers. But unfortunately, after, you know, a few years of dealing with COVID, you know, like, just doing what he can to sell beer, right? And just try to stay afloat. Eventually he had to move back to his uh, engineering job, uh, just basically to pay the bills. Um, so, you know, there came a point, uh, you know, he's got a young family too. So I think he kind of just made the decision um, that he didn't really want to start back from scratch. Um, so obviously you saw it went for sale. I think it was like last uh, late February yeah, or, yeah, that's I saw or, that. or yeah. early February, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and so, I actually like i you know to be quite honest i didn't really have any sort of uh goals or aspirations of opening specifically a brewery like i've you know come from the restaurant industry i've worked in many different restaurants and that's kind of my passion as well that's what i like knew that i love to do um but my parents kind of you know saw the, the probably the same article and said hey that uh, there's a brewery and someone like going up for sale why don't you just go and you know check it out and so i did i showed up on the last day that he was open And I just was like, you know, this would be kind of cool. I want to at least look into it. So I started talking with him, uh, you know, started to put together a business plan, all this stuff. And then I guess, you know, after several months, about a half a year, I'm I'm here now. And um, we're doing lots of work in the space, uh, basically renovating the whole tap room. Uh, I've been brewing beer, of course, Uh, you know, just try to get everything ready. And I'm shooting to uh, open in about a week. Um, You can actually... Uh, on the video there, you can see my dad just walk behind me. Uh, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Hi, so this is, he just, uh,
1: this is a process right now that we're witnessing.
0: Yeah, no, truly. If you look around a little bit, it's full on construction oh, wow. right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, so many people in here helping me just doing an amazing job. Like my dad has built so many really fantastic things, things that like, you know, most people would, uh, pay a professional to come and do, um, you know my dad's just in there and he's got the project on and he's he's getting it done nice. so that's kind of where I'm at right now I'm just uh you know in the final stages putting everything together painting stuff uh making sure that you know I've got everything I need basically to open uh, um yeah and it, it'll be quite soon quite soon that happens that's exciting that's awesome
3: fantastic
1: man. how how does yeah. that
0: work so if you purchase a brewery
1: you get the facilities do you also get like the recipes like the like, are there beers that, that have continued on since the inception of, of Detonate? Yes. Okay, Yes, awesome. actually.
0: Um, so that was kind of the big thing with me. Like, obviously, I said that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even a brewer before I started doing this. Um, and you know, I've had to do quite a bit of education in the short time that I've been involved in this process. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of, you know, brewery owners and uh, people working in breweries that would scoff just at the idea of me even attempting <laughs> to, you know, come in here and just start brewing beer willy-nilly, Everybody but, somewhere. um, uh, so one of kind of the redeeming factors of that was, yeah, including the recipes and also, um, uh, like a, a learning, uh, uh, kind of, a, a contracted, um, uh, learning period in from the prior brewer, Nathan, uh, to me, uh, so a certain amount of hours and then obviously the recipes. So basically wow. what I've been brewing now is, you know, based on, the research I've done and his recipes, and there's a few recipes of his that have come back because I've actually had you know people that have you know just been kind of curious looking at uh, looking at the facility and whatever and like reaching out and saying, hey, are you bringing this beer back? And I'm like, well, I wasn't planning on it, but if you really liked it, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's kind of just it's been a mix of both. I think right now I've probably got about half half of. Uh, Recipes that are like really close, like maybe different hops or whatever. And like the IPA, I just more what I had on hand than, um, you know, what was in the recipe, but, you know, really similar stuff, same kind of, uh, grain bill, um, you know, just the basic necessities to make the beer. A lot of it is based on, um, what Nathan had already brewed. And he was like, you know, like I said, he's been brewing for 14 years. He's a very experienced (laughs) brewer. Like, I don't think I would trust myself to deviate too far from what he's already done. You know, he, he did great things and he taught me really well on, on his system. It's a really, uh, really kind of special, uh, brewery, you know, it's not, uh, built by, you know, Ripley stainless with the whole brew house with the steps and the automatic push button kind of things. Um, it was all built by Nathan, the guy, you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, he's truly like a certified genius and just everything in this brewery he knows about and he knows beyond like you know, how it works and what it does. He can tell you exactly the mechanism that's controlling something inside, you know, uh, a certain valve or like a, a body of a thing. He's coded all of the computers in here. Truly, he's just like, you know, a genius. And it's really awesome to learn stuff from him. And I feel like he's given me a really great start wow. uh, to get going. And I really hope to obviously keep him involved in the process as much as I can, you know. Um, I'd really love for him to come back and brew. Uh, although I know that, you know, like I was saying, he's got a young family and uh you know, I respect his time and maybe he wants to relax a little bit, you know, spend some time with his yeah, family, because yeah. this is a very all consuming process. But when you're gonna
3: take it worldwide, Johnny yeah. he's gonna want
0: back in, right? That's yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> he's gonna come knock in. And you
0: know what? But- I'd gladly I'd gladly have him there with me. Yeah, you. I
3: mean that's kinda cool that you've kind of almost had a mentor in that brewing process, right? Like Because that's one of the things that we always, well, at least I kind of always ask guests, like, how do you come up with these things? Like, you know, they're like, oh, we have a, you know, like Dane said, like a creamsicle ale. Well, how do you know how to make that taste like a creamsicle? And then if you order the the ingredients and you're like, well, this doesn't taste like a creamsicle, I got to order something that does. And then I got to wait for it. You know (laughs) what I mean? So we're always like, how do you come up with these recipes? Like just to... I'm gonna whip this all together, and hopefully it works good like obviously there's research involved and stuff, right, but like that must have helped
0: right having at least a a base right oh god yeah it was a huge head start, huge head start yeah no i I wouldn't be able to do it in any other scenario, you know, and uh you know, back to you know how do you even come about you know basically you know like you guys are saying, you know basically anybody's dream who loves beer, you know is just to you know randomly you know, stumble into, you know, ending up in a place where you're about to open a brewery that you've just bought, right? That is, you know, kind of ridiculous. But, you know, that was a huge huge part of it was just having uh the education, kind of the the, the full um the full picture behind it all. And, you know, it really like I I think it'll make it work. I obviously have a lot more to learn. You know, I'm super fresh in the industry. Uh but no, it's been some it's been pretty fun so far.
3: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said too about like learning on the job, too as opposed to reading the book beforehand oh, yeah. and going through the oh the whole manual and then going to do it. I find, you know what I mean, like it just it, it's it's stressful, but it feels like learning on your feet like that, it's just just you, you do it, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: And then you get good results, but Um, okay. So let's talk about the canning too. I wanted to tell we wanted to talk about the canning and uh, we're not drinking any detonate tonight because we don't have any cans. So that's, that's why, but we would normally be doing it. So yeah. Tell us about that whole process and the, what you got going on there.
0: Yeah, of course. No, it's a bloody shame that I can't get anything over to you guys, but, um, yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, Nathan kind of, you know, it's, it's not your typical brewery. It's not, um you know shiny polished new equipment that got shipped in from a manufacturer and all put together and you know you have subcontractors truck, subcontractors coming in and all that um the mash ton is an old milk pasteurizer uh, the kettle and boiler i think they're you know meant for their purpose uh the hlt is a. Uh, I think it's meant for like fermenting wine the hlt sure. what you um, give us a low dot
3: on what's the hlt
0: oh it's a it's a kind of a silly sorry oh it's all good man it's <laughs> kind yeah. of a it's silly totally yeah 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 it's a it's a funny it's a funny thing because it's called the hot liquor tank but it's actually just where breweries store their hot water which like okay. you know it doesn't make a lot of sense but i haven't had anyone actually able to explain it to me why the name actually got the hot liquor tank boot, boot but basically is. just like your place where you have your hot water because if you were to pull off city water all day long then it would just take you hours to fill up anything with any kind of uh, any kind of heat uh, that you usually need um, or storage or whatever it is but yeah so most of the stuff is uh, repurposed the fermenters obviously you know they have to be uh, really nice unit tanks conical fermenters um, you know like any brewery would have and they're probably like you know the nicest things in the brewery um, but There are some other pieces of equipment, like a keg washer, which uh, Nathan, uh, I've actually heard stories from other breweries around town and they were saying, yeah, he came and like, just inspected our keg washer really hard and was like looking and asking a lot of questions about it. (laughs) And we didn't really know why. And then we found out that he built his own basically. And so he got a guy in town to help him. I I think uh, somebody at Dominion Cider in town here um, was doing kind of the coding for it, like the brain, the PLC. Um, and then that basically just operates a bunch of uh, pneumatic valves uh, that run a keg washer on a certain program. And it's a hilarious, like, it was one of the things that I think is probably the funniest thing to run in the brewery because it's just always making sounds. There's always steam coming out somewhere you know. and there's just so much noise. It's just, it's a, it's a real like mad scientist kind of uh piece of equipment, uh, but it's all kind of like thrown together, but it works, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of, you know, what he was able to do is just, uh, everything works. Um, the one thing that doesn't work right now is the canning line. And that's partly because I took some parts from the canning line to replace on the keg washer. <laughs> um, but so that is that is the reason that uh, you guys are not drinking detonate beer right now is because the canning line needs a little bit more work. And at the moment, I've kind of prioritized just getting kegs going in the tap room uh, before you know i'd jump into the whole canning thing getting labels done and all of this um, i'm working with an artist uh, it's been really great well uh preliminary i, sh- I shouldn't really say that in, in case she's listening because i haven't actually worked with her but she sent me some really cool stuff just to kind of get her foot in the door and and, and work with me and it's some really cool labels i can't wait to see them on shelves uh but yeah soon i'm, I'm hoping for the new year uh, I, you know realistically it's probably not gonna be in the next couple of months because i know that i'm gonna be you know probably solving you know, hundreds of problems a day trying to open this place and actually just get my feet under me. Uh, But, yeah, hopefully in the near future, you guys will be able to find some detonate beers on on, on the shelves. Awesome.
1: Awesome.
0: What a a story. I
1: mean, uh, you know, we've been sort of saying this, like, uh, from the beginning. This is kind of like every uh, beer drinker's dream. Are you document – do you have the time to document any of this? I mean, it just seems like something that would be – really interesting to watch the processes and how things come together or how you pull pieces apart from one machine and put them on another <laughs> yeah. to make something work. Like, this reads like
0: a... It's a reality a, like show, a man. Yeah, it, like, yeah, a, totally. I'd be watching this all day. <laughs> Fix my pub you know i keep thinking especially with you know having to renovate the tap room here i wish i had one of those like reality tv crews where like the couple goes away for a weekend and they just completely (laughs) renovate everything in like 24 hours you know and then you come back and it's just all done and everything's perfect i just you know my my parents are really good you know and and i've been doing a lot of work in here but we're not quite that level of (laughs) speed and efficiency um but no uh I haven't unfortunately been, I have like written in a journal before on different like trips I was doing and that sort of thing, but um, I'm not really recording that closely. Uh, to be honest, I feel like it's just the start of a massive journey that, you know, it feels really special right now and it will be kind of special, you know, maybe it's a sort of unique thing, um, kind of the situation that I'm in. But I, uh, you know, just really feel like uh, this brewery is going to grow and it's going to, you know, a major player in the Okanagan eventually and I just feel like this is kind of that that little bit where anybody who is around you know you just have a beer and you talk about do you remember when we were doing this do you remember when this thing blew up do you remember yeah. <laughs> you know when this went wrong and when we were all scared about this yeah but
3: totally and what's it like in Summerland like I I mean we don't get I on the show I don't think we've had a lot of Summerland beers so like what no how how many breweries are there is
0: there is there anybody there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good question. This actually, so this brewery was the first one in 2017. And then just last year, they actually just had their uh, one year anniversary. Uh, oh, sorry. I've skipped an entire brewery because, um, you know, I, it's, usually I'm, you know, not saying the most, uh, not that I knew the brewery at all, but they just kind of had a bad reputation in Summerland for the time yeah. that they were open. Um, Fair enough. But there, there was a brewery before, and then actually a similar, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely not a, uh, a unique case in Summerland. Oddly uh, enough, uh, Giant Said Brewing took over a brewery that failed, um, and they basically built the entire facility. They built a brewery at the back and a tap room in the front. Um, and then Giant Said Brewing is the other brewery. You'll actually be able to find them on shelves. If, uh, I don't know if they're in the North Okanagan or Central Okanagan. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I've kind of been working with them a little bit getting to know them and the brewer as well is someone like me uh you know who wasn't in the industry he's a chef before so he actually had like you know they excuse me they have a restaurant and all that so he's got that down pat he's run restaurants before that sort of thing um but he's super new in the the brewing industry right and he brought in another uh home brewer as well so they've been working together and just kind of you know it's a completely fully functioning brewery and uh yeah, they're putting out beers on shelves. They've got uh, they're hitting up events and all that, and they've been super kind to me, like helping me out a lot, which I really, really, really appreciate. Um, especially just to have someone in Summerland too. That you know that little bit of camaraderie. Like Penticton's super close, and I used to be really involved in the Penticton beer scene. I was working for Neighborhood for a little while, right. which is connected to Yellow Dog, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And and uh, you know, I just kind of know people from like Bad Tattoo. Um, really That's, love the cannery. It's one of my favorite breweries yeah. ever. Um, you know, and of course Slackwater, so, right? right? Yeah, we've done um, all those
3: on here. Not not yeah. those, all those <laughs> interviews,
0: but we've had all those it's beers Jasper, on here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're they're great beers. <laughs> Truly, like the Penticton beer scene is, I think, one of the best in BC. But yeah, you know, I'm probably a little biased just having <laughs> lived there for a little while. Um, that, but no, uh, it's great to have the camaraderie <laughs> here. In, in Summerland, we're actually even you know Eric, uh, Eric the the brewer and uh, owner there he texted me the other day about hey do you want to you know try to make a well, he he said he was in talks with people about doing a beer fest in summerland nice. and i was like that's nice. awesome there's only two of us but i love it <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> may as well just give it a shot yeah. um so yeah there's that and that's that's basically it um there's actually i think five cideries and of course you know it's the Okanagan. there's sure. both the wineries right one wow. distillery yeah. too um so a decent beverage scene you know there's bottleneck drive is in summerland here yeah. so i've definitely had lots of help uh, from other um, cideries and the wineries are, you know, always reaching out saying hello. Um, so it's a pretty good community around here. Uh, but yeah, no, we're me and giant Set are the only two breweries.
3: That sounds like an amazing opportunity, right? Totally. Like t- to have that. In, yeah. It sounds like, you know, they're big. They sound like they're pretty big already. Right. So you being that kind of smaller brewery in there is, that's intriguing. Yeah. It's kind of,
0: yeah, no, no, it's, Kind
3: of fun. That's a good spot to be in there, um, I think. Um uh okay. I I was gonna ask you to okay. What uh they're back they're, these questions are coming back to me. What is the lineup then for <laughs> opening day? What what's going to be available to drink in there?
0: <laughs> yeah, so um I've yeah, I've been I've been brewing pretty hard. Uh for the past couple of months and i've got over 10 beers so that i'm ready to nice. open with wow um yeah no it, it, yeah it's just been lots of brewing lots of gagging lots of all that <laughs> but obviously no canning um but yeah just lots of like my, my keg cooler literally you walk inside and you walk into a wall of kegs wow. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you got to take kegs out to actually get the kegs yeah. in the back yeah. um but um, yeah, so I've, I've got a pilsner, uh, that is the only lager yeast, uh, that I'm, that I'm doing. And it's just, you know, kind of a function of how the brewery works. It's kind of the, the best way to do it. I have one bright tank that kind of conditions, uh, that I use as kind of like the little conditioning tank for the, for the lager yeasts. Uh, so I got a pilsner. Um, this is my fresh hop that I'm drinking. Uh, I've got a hazy IPA, uh West coast IPA. Uh, Imperial Dark IPA. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it's it's That was actually my first, that was my first brew ever on my own. And I literally threw together a bunch of old malts and a bunch of old hops from uh, the previous owner. And at this point, you know, they were, they were quite aged, right. you could say. But I was just like, you know what? If I have to dump it, I have to dump it. Hey, it's kind of, you know, free in a little yeah. way. You know, I didn't necessarily pay for old right. malts, right? When I was, you know, calculating the price of the business. Um, so I made it, and then it just ended up being, you know, I did a huge mash, filled that mash tun as full of that good, and then, um, you know, put in a ridiculous amount of hops, because hops have this thing, um, so alpha acids are what, uh, isomerized as just a bunch of big words, <laughs> but the alpha acids are what um, make the bitterness that your tongue perceives. Um, so each hop has like a certain percentage of alpha acids, right? Um, And so older hops generally you can assume that the alpha acid content is degrading over time. They have like a certain lifespan. Uh, so I think in six months or something, it goes down by half. I could very well be wrong on that, but something like that. Um, so I basically threw, uh, you know, way too many hops at this beer to try to make it an IPA used completely like New Zealand hops. And then, uh, you know, a bag of chocolate malt to make it dark, really dark. And then, uh, yeah, just a lot of base malt to make it kind of like really high in sugar content. And I ended up with something that, you know, it's 9%. It's super dark and it has like this really almost clean, kind of raisiny sort of flavor, uh, raisiny date sweetness almost. Really interesting. That sounds Um, awesome. (laughs) Dylan's driving driving. real good. driving a growler. (laughs) yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 really something you know at, at first it had some really kind of aggressive kind of alcohol flavors on it, just as a high percentage, but they've toned down over time and it's actually changed quite a bit and I think you know in six months, even you know those higher percentage beers generally you, you like them to age a little bit because they kind of mellow out a little bit and just get a little bit more well rounded um uh, just just a heads up anything that i'm saying i could be talking my ass. Just, you know, it's information can I we put that on. line right at the beginning really of this like, podcast let's yeah, just yeah yeah. Let's <laughs> the, yeah actually a little disclaimer yeah, put that on the
1: website right on the landing page yeah, yeah.
3: 32 Perfect. minutes put the, there's a time stamp right there 32 minutes <laughs> 43 seconds
0: okay well, it's tasty <laughs> but i don't know I don't know. just just so you guys know i don't know what i'm talking about um, no, no, no it, yeah <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I, I, you know, back from that little tangent there, I got a stout, um, uh, an ESB, which was an amber ale and an ESB that both kind of went wrong, but combined made a good ESB, you know? So the amber ale kind of tamed the, uh, it was way too biscuity, you know, how an ESB should be really like English kind of biscuity malts, right? It kind of tamed down the biscuitiness, and the amber ale was just far too, like, watery light so they came together and made a nice ESP. Um, did you mix those? Did you brew like, those separately? Sorry
3: Jonah, did you brew those separately and then you just mixed them yeah. together?
0: Mashed them. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a blend. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. awesome. It, it, it was kind of well, One actually uh, Nathan um, it was one of his pieces of advice so he came to work on the temperature controller. He's doing some work on the coating and whatever making it work and I was just kind of like giving him little tasters of beer while he was here and he was you know, I was like, you yeah, know, tell me honestly what you think. Because personally, I didn't feel so great about those beers. You know, most of the beers I've brewed, I've actually been pretty pleased with, you know, shockingly. Um, but those two beers, like, they kind of came out and I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's a bad amber, but it's an amber, you know. And it's a bad ESB, but it's an ESB, right? And so I gave it to him and I was like, be honest with me. And he's like, you know, I feel like these would go great if you just mix them together. And so he gave that suggestion. Awesome. I did it. We we did it. We just tested there, like, you know, put 50-50 or whatever it was. I think it was like, you know, 35, uh, 65 kind of uh, yeah. ratios. Um, but it ended up just being a much better beer. And honestly, I'd rather sell a good beer than have two different varieties of, you know, kind of worse beer.
3: Yeah, that's Interesting. awesome. Mix them together like that. That's cool.
0: That's cool. <laughs> so then yeah. I
1: have to ask, like, with these happy accidents, do you do the same process again where you make two Yeah, how do you repeat like, it? Like okay beers and then you'll just mix them. <laughs> Is that like the <laughs> super beer? <laughs> yeah. Or do you do you de-engineer that deconstruct it and figure out a way how to like make that Frankenstein beer that you came up with?
0: Well, so, you know, I've brewed I think personally I've brewed 10 times. Right. I'm not, you know, I haven't duplicated a beer yeah. quite yet. I don't know what that process is going to be like. You know how accurate I'm going to be on the flavors. Extreme
2: um, limited runs, but yeah, limited Yeah, edition. I don't know.
0: I really want to have an ESB. I really like the style, and you know, I think I have kind of a fun, uh, you know, fun name, fun, fun label, and you know, that's kind of half the battle too. When when it comes to selling a beer, you know, it's your the name and the label, right? You know, because before you taste it, you got to see it. Um, so I feel like the good ideas that I have, I'm like, this is what I want my core beers to be that I'm gonna label and I'm gonna can and I'm gonna send off to wherever and obviously do lots lots more, but you know, some of it just stays in the tap room, right? Um with I mean, with with this size of brewery anyways, right? You can't pay a grand for each label if you're only gonna print right. you know exactly. however, or only gonna can so many cans, you know, you're not gonna make it again. Um Uh, But yeah, no, to be honest, I hadn't quite thought about it. I would rather just make an ESB well, you know, uh, and call that my ESB next time. Um, I'd love to be able to duplicate what it is right now. It's a tasty beer, uh, but I just don't foresee that happening. There's a lot of beers, like the fresh hop as well is one of those that I just don't don't foresee myself completely duplicating. Uh, And there's lots of beers that, you know, like I brewed once and I'm like, you know, it's good, but I would make some tweaks next time. You know, there's some things that I would yeah. change. Uh You know, I'm not going to hit the mark on my first go every time. <laughs> well, probably not hit the mark ever on my yeah. first go, but you know, I'm doing my best, right? It's, it's admirable you that, so to jump in later. like that. And just yeah. do that. That's, yeah. you know,
3: that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: Admirable or ridiculous. <laughs> Same
3: thing. <laughs> maybe Same a little thing. Bit of
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Same thing.
3: Okay. So <laughs> yeah, is no, that uh, it? Is that the end of the, the list? Cause it feels like that's no, there's more. no. Yeah.
0: That would have been maybe like yeah. seven or eight, yeah. maybe I've yeah. listed. Um, and then I've got, so Nathan had, like I was saying before, he had 36 barrels of beer. Unfortunately, I have dumped out, I think, about two-thirds of those just because they took on a little bit too much acetic acid, like the vinegar sort of flavor, which yeah, it's too bad. Um, but then there's a few of them that I've kegged now. So I think I've got four different beers um, that are barrel-aged, uh, kegged, ready just to be pour it on tap, tasters, beers, whatever it is, and then um, kind of included in that little project, I have 12 more barrels uh, sitting in a different facility um, that I've actually fruited because I, you know, so there was like, you know, when I was going through the list, doing all the tasting notes of these different barrels of beer, another thing that was a huge first for me, um, you know, I was tasting them and being like, okay, this is gross. This is (laughs) kind of all right. This is definitely keg, you know, and the kind of all right ones are like, usually kind of all right is like it doesn't have enough flavor so what i kind of thought there was like i'll buy a bunch of fruit you know like the puree fruit purees right and i'll just put them in the barrel and see, kind of see what happens you know may as well right you got them you spend a grand on fruit for 12 barrels you you know hopefully make a yeah. profit um uh so there's a, about 12 barrels that i have still fermenting they should be about done fermentation now um with the additional fruit that's been added to them uh and they're going to change a little bit. I've tasted all of them and they're actually like they're 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 weird but they're kind of they're like things that you're like is this really a beer? You know, like it, it almost tastes like um not cidery and kind of like the off flavor that beers can get, you know, that appley sort of thing, but almost like something too light and sort of uh you know, if it was carbonated it'd be like effervescent right. and just, you know, fruity, right. right? So something that's not really like kind of barley forward. Uh, hop forward whatever it is because um, I think most of them that went into those barrels were like breathing devices like stuff yeah. like that uh, so really kind of light beers anyways and then adding in the fruit letting them sit in the barrels basically take that sweetness all the way to zero right because you got all sorts of little critters that are just munching on it um, so lots of different flavors there and to finish it off I have one last beer um, it is a honey lemon wheat nice. ale and that was just oh. fun I bought some yeah no it, it's all right um i didn't intend for it to be a honey lemon wheat ale uh the honey was so nathan gave me another piece of advice like i was going to use caramel malts to give a little bit more i wanted a higher perceived sweetness in the beer and so i was going to use caramel and he's like i don't know about caramel it'll give you like really kind of dark toasty sort of caramelly toffee flavors right um without Or, you know, if you do too much of that, it's just going to give you too much kind of toffee. And so he said, you know, use honey malts. They give you literally like a honey flavor. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, honey, sweet, fantastic, lovely. It'll just kind of disappear behind the lemon and the wheat, right? Uh, the And it turned out not to. It's like super, you can really taste Mm -hmm. the honey. And I dumped a bunch of lemon concentrate in there as well. So it has a little bit of a tartness. Um, I had kind of a, an interesting time calculating the, the lemon there. I was really worried I put yeah. too much in cause you know, like you take a little bit of beer out and then you add kind of the lemon concentrate, right? And you just kind of mix it together. You see like, okay, what's the amount, you know, I ended up sitting at like 30 mils per liter and that was the right amount of tartness for me. Um, so then I went and I dumped all the lemons and concentrate into the fermenter and I just let it do its thing. I went back to my little beer glass that was sitting on the ground, you know, by the drain and I, you know, took another sw- swig just to, you know, confirm that you know, I hit the right uh, kind of acid content. And I just took a swig, and all of a sudden, my mouth was puckered, and I was like, God, it tastes like vomit. It's so acidic. What's happened here? And so I was so worried for a few days because it hadn't completely mixed together yet. I didn't really know what I was going to get. Um, but after a few days, I tasted it, and I was like, oh, that's actually not so bad. Uh, I think I've kind of chalked it up to the fact that maybe I, I dropped some of the lemon concentrate onto the glass oh. a little bit. And oh. I, where I <laughs> yeah. took the drink was like straight lemon concentrate because it was just way too much. I was so worried. I was like, that's a ruined beer. I messed up. <laughs> <But> th- those <laughs> two go ratio. well
2: together anyway. So, I mean, it's, it can't be that bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, if it's too acidic, right? I, I know that I've, I've had some sours that, you know, really just pucker my lips and I'm like, I wouldn't have more than a four ounce of that. Like it's cool, yeah. it's fun to do. The pH is super low. It's super tart, but you know that's not really the kind of beer that I like to present. You know, I want something that has just kind of that citrusy brightness rather than like that that tart puckering sour. Right? Yeah. I feel like that's what sours really do best is just add a little bit of yep. uh, a little bit of something to the flavor profile, yep. right? Totally. Rather than take it over yeah
3: that's awesome so those 10 beers then like some of those will be ones that you'll do again but other ones will be kind of like a rotating like we said like a seasonal kind of thing that you just always have some you know flowing taps of different stuff
0: yeah for sure no i i really want to position this brewery as something uh that will always have new beers on tap always be trying new things oh i for (laughs) sorry i forgot the most important one this is you you guys are gonna love this. This is a ridiculous beer. <laughs> awesome. So uh I've got this one in the fermenter right now, actually. Um so Nathan uh just as an experiment, I don't know if he'd done it. I think he did it in like his, his pilot batch system, a one hex system. Um uh he threw in it and so Yeah. I don't know how to really like set it up without just telling you it's a taco
2: beer. So
0: it's got like, yeah, I know know, it's, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but
2: yes, please. So it's
0: basically like the brewing process is in the kettle, you know, when you're boiling, uh, you put just enough hops in to give it balance and then you dump in, I think I did like 40 limes, uh, three bunches of cilantro, a bunch of coriander, but well, oh. maybe I shouldn't give away my <laughs> recipe. <laughs> That's like a pico beer, man. There you go. No, it is. It is. It is literally. It. And you taste it and you're like, wow, taco seasoning. That's like it just yeah. tastes exactly. And there, there's a bunch of corn in it as well. You know, it's just That's like, beauty. lots of chili powder. Like it's, it's ridiculous, but it's surprisingly like, I think it'll really, hit, I think it'll land well with Canadians because we love, you know, our Caesars, yep. right? We have those kind of savory yep. sort of spicy yeah. drinks, Spicy <laughs> drinks, right? exactly. Love yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's got a little bit of a spice and, you know, you guys are probably tasted some chili oh, beers yeah. too. Yeah. Those are, those are pretty love nice them. as long as they're done well, not too it spicy. Is, yeah. uh, but this is like that, just like, you know, enough chili powder or enough spicy chili powder to make it a good amount of heat. And I was thinking, you know, if I'm going to serve it on tap here, um, you know, I'd like to add a little bit of clamato in totally. there. You know, like, rim the glass with like some, you know, spices or something, and then make it a chilada. Yeah, right? Yeah. Can be kind I of fun, That's oh, awesome. Oh, that is yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's hilarious, but like for some reason it works. Like just tasting it from the manner, like it's like yeah, no, I would absolutely, I would probably have a full glass of this beer. And I know it's it's silly to like you know put it like that. I would probably have a full glass yeah. of this beer, but it really does like it's straight tacos in totally. your mouth. Uh, it's, yeah,
2: it's, it's why, odd, is, why is there ground beef in my cool. glass?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, I've had someone say that too. Have? They were like, "This <laughs> tastes like beef." <laughs> yeah, I don't know if thats, that's too food safe. That oh, one. That vat must have uh, smelled, uh, smelled like uh,
3: awesome.
0: So, yeah, so like, like tacos, bananas, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. You should have seen the amount of spices that went into it. It was literally like I have one of those big, like, you know, like kitchen bowls, whatever it is. And it was like a mound of spices just oh, in only like man. seven hectoliters. How much were you yeah, sneezing? It was ridiculous.
1: How much were you just like coughing and sneezing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely a weird beer. But, you know, just one of those things where like, I feel like that was what Nathan uh, tried to do a lot with this with this brewery was like do weirder things do things that were out of the ordinary um you know just try things with beers and it's you know perfect for me because when I go to a brewery or when I had for the past several years all I wanted to try was give me a flight of your weirdest yeah. beers you know I want to see yeah. what you guys yeah. can do putting random stuff you know like uh those pastry beers yeah. and you know, all sorts of stuff with different wine barrels are really nice. Like I've had some amazing beers from Parallel Forty Nine that are like uh, Chardonnay barrels uh, with like grape juice. Oh, delicious! But um, you yeah, know, I'd like to be able to do those sort of things too. But you know, it was really like I think it was a perfect scenario for me personally because I'm not like you know a German classically trained mm-hmm. brewer, right? So I just come in here, make the weird beers, and hopefully it kind of lands. With the it, <laughs> it needs to be done,
2: man. It really needs to be done where there's so many options on the, the shelves right now and so many breweries are doing the same old, same old. And and you know, yeah, y- it, it makes sense to do pop. something wild and interesting just to just to pop, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just it just makes sense now to try something new. I mean, you know, taco beer. Who the hell? <laughs> Who'd have thought yeah. that?
0: Brilliant. <laughs> And it's it's a funny thing to say, like uh, a new beer in the craft beer industry that we have right now is a hard thing to do, you know, there's been so many people with so many ideas and beer turnaround is so fast, you do something in three weeks, right? So, you know, there's so many different beer styles that have been tried, you know, Uh, but yeah, if I can just even, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to invent something new, but. Just try the weird uh, yeah. stuff, and hopefully, the people from the Okanagan will enjoy it. I definitely love
2: all the weird things, so that sounds amazing. <laughs> let's let's talk. Oh, here's a nice segue to it because I tell you what, like Joe, something weird. Yeah,
3: we uh, like <laughs> I, we loved the pick of uh, Led Zeppelin Coda, but. We're, it, it's it's a weird pick for us, and we and we like that that it's a yeah. weird pick. Sure, and, and we got to know yeah. why you picked Coda.
0: Why? Well, yeah, no. So, obviously, like I was a little bit taken aback, you know, you know, having you guys reach out to me, and I was like, wow, this is super cool. <laughs> um, I I used to think about music a whole lot, you know. And I you know kind of grew up. Uh, my dad is a huge classic rock listener right so I grew up in that sort of music um, and uh, Led Zeppelin was the first band that really got me listening to yep. music uh, in the way that you know we all listen to music you know where you put on your headphones and you sit with an album and you just listen to all the nuances yes. you know especially with Zeppelin you know you have all the little imperfections oh, yeah. like you have uh, I forget what song it is but there's like John Bonham's kick pedal you can hear the squeaking yeah. It, you know, like all that yeah. kind of stuff and it just, you know, it was the first band and I went through their entire discography, um, just as a kid, I think I was 16 and I, you know, I had my first truck and I was like burning stuff onto yep. CDs yep. all the time because, yep. you know, and putting it in my car and just like listening to these things full blast. I'm sure everybody hated me <laughs> on the road, you know, <laughs> we've all done it, but, uh, so I... we've all Sorry? done it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've done it. Um, I went through the entire discography of Zeppelin and I was like, okay, hey, sweet. I've heard it all. Um, that's a very unfortunate, you know, I wanted to continually, you know, cause I obviously didn't grow up with them. I didn't, you know, they weren't releasing, you know, obviously weren't releasing things when, when I was alive. Um, but you know, eventually I think it was a, a year or two after I'd gone through that and then started to get into different kind of music, different rock and roll. Um, I realized that they had this other album Coda. And I was like, "Oh no way! This is amazing! What yeah, a treat!" Yeah. <laughs> well, I listened to it, and that was—I think for me, it was the album that really stuck yeah. with me. Probably just because of my experience with it, but also I feel like you know it's so different. And um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong—I didn't actually do any studying on this album. I'm really only talking based on personal. That's the best experience. Guy. But they recorded well. They, they, yeah, they they put it out after Bonzo died, yeah, so right?
2: Eighty-two. It's yeah, like and it was like obligation of, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really? They, they had yeah. one album Jeez, left so.
2: that they had to do, and and it, it just ended up being like a compilation almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, of anything they had yeah. recorded. Yeah, and obviously paid tribute to Bonzo there with like uh, Bonzo's Montreux. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm supposed to be French. So <laughs> okay, I don't even know. The well, word. just the
3: drumming on that album um, alone, like it is. Yeah. I find that like. It is more like recorded in your face than any other. Totally, you know what I mean. Any yeah. other Zeppelin album, and and like Bonham's drums are so in your face on every other uh, Zeppelin album. But when you hear this one, and you're right, when you got you got yeah. to listen this album on with headphones, right? Because yeah, there's so many different little things in there, but it's just so drum heavy, and it just sounds so good. Yeah. Like the it's drums, proper are drum. So good.
2: It's a proper yeah. drum clinic. Yeah. 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 is what it yeah. is. God. It's they really
3: are like he's just got and there's so many simple grooves on that that record that sound easy but then when you actually just listen to the ice i just listened to isolated tracks like you had me listen to just i just wanted to hear the isolated drum tracks on some of these and they're just yeah. like uh oh, they're magical they're just like totally. okay,
0: okay okay
3: yeah it's just it oh, go you, ahead
0: go ahead so you know the song poor yeah. tom right for some reason it's a completely like contrary Zeppelin song you know it's really like not Zeppelin with, for what they're known yep. for right um, but the drum track on that one you're a drummer right uh, you're a good drummer can, can you do that can you do that coordination yeah, no, there's so
3: many things bottom wise that I cannot
0: do it's one of those ones it's one of those ones that just I just can't get my three limbs to do something four limbs I guess it's doing all four right he is the master of
3: single kick drum he is the master yeah. at it. Nobody yeah. is a be- yeah. is better it's at really... the single kick drum than Bonzo. Not a, nobody. Like nope. y- you know, when I yeah. first I remember when I first heard it when I was a kid too, and I was like, this guy's gotta be playing double kicks, like for sure, right? Back in, the, <laughs> yeah. they had it yeah. back in like nineteen sixty seven. He yeah. must have had double kicks, right? And then <laughs> yeah, you watch a video and, and and to and be able fire with finally that and with like, the gear no. that
2: they have. To be able to do that with the gear that he had at that time, I mean, there's there's a lot of amazing punk drummers and and metal drummers now that can do amazing things with a single kick. But you're you have technology now. When you're you know nineteen the nineties two thousands belt drive stuff right, not
0: even chain drive.
2: (laughs) And and to do those (laughs) things at that time, at that age, with that technology, is unreal. Yeah. unreal. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, and, and uh, you know you can hear Jimmy Page kind of all over this as far as a producer too, right? Like mm-hmm. you can tell, um, yep. and you know even doing a little research on uh, Bonzo's mantra there too, like I did, I thought I always thought it was like steel drums he was playing, right? I thought that there was like they steel really drums in there, you know, and then yep. I it, it's just Jimmy Page messing around with the with the sounds, right, and the yeah. Oh. Yeah, I always thought
2: it was because it sure sounds like it, right? No yeah. way. It always sounded like it. Yeah. Like yeah. you got these Jamaican steel drums that were, you know, they're a great instrument as it is. But yeah, it's not that. No. It sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Had no, no idea. and this is the kind yeah. of. I,
0: to be honest, I thought it was all just Bonzo just doing his thing. Do, do, going do, all the way do, around. Yeah. Do, do, just Jimmy yeah. Page Post production
3: <laughs> and making it sound yeah, cool. all like an like a orchestra, right? Like it sounds mm-hmm. like a full orchestra that yeah. he's playing on there. But. You know, there's just, yeah, it, there's so many good grooves on the, on, on the album, right? Like that's even like wearing and tearing wow. is another one that I still can't figure out how the, the timing on that goes, right? Like the beginning of it is just like, I don't, I don't even know how it goes. So no, yep. I don't even know some of those beats that he does. Um, You know, I, I, I've never been able to replicate it, even though I've tried it like a million times, it's it's more like just yep. listening to it and try to figure out how it he does it, you know, like. Yep. Yeah and it's amazing yeah. too Which the is, yeah the well, it's amazing the,
2: the stretch right. the stretch of time that it was done Makes them the best. between 1970 and 78 for the most of the recordings and then to to pick these songs that were you know leftovers from Zeppelin 3 and Houses of the Holy and to, to okay now we <laughs> we have these things that are recorded that are left over 10 years later 6 years later 4 years later what do we do with this yeah. And to choose these songs and and from song to song, the, the playability between, you know, every Bonham performance was different on every song. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But it just, almost like recorded the same, yeah. like it just sounded like yeah. it was all recorded in like the same room using the same mics, using yeah. the same kit and the same skins. Yeah. But it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing is, is uh, I heard a, I heard an interview of John Paul Jones one time talking about Bonzo and he said, he said, you know, Bonzo could play a cardboard box and it would still sound like him, you know, no matter what he's playing. Um, And I think that's really what shines through because obviously it was a collection of music from many different recording sessions, many different albums that they, you know, put together for this. I didn't know it was contractually obligated. I thought it was more of a tribute, yeah. and I was happier with the fact that it was <laughs> a tribute. <laughs> you know, because it's a very like drum centered album. And I was like, yeah, sweet. You guys, you know, for, your, for the best drum in the whole world, you, you know, did a tribute after. But uh, of course, of course, it oh, it's was all about weird. the money. It was uh, about paying
1: taxes, really, more than the money. Yeah, taxes. <laughs> it's all about taxes.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to groove. First track on the album, I found 02 is mm-hmm. live. That That is yeah. a live from right. Royal Albert Over Hall. Overdubbed the guitars, yeah. took them out, took out the yeah. crowd yeah. noise, and there it is. And I was like, oh, had no idea. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Originally a Good live track. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's an interesting ending to the whole thing. And I didn't want to say it was weird, Jonah. It's just like, usually when we say oh, the Zeppelin, yeah. somebody's going to be like, oh, it's Zeppelin 4 or whatever. Oh, and, you right? know, 3, yeah. House yeah. of the Holy, whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, Coda was an interesting pick, so we, you know, it was fun just to kind of go back on it, and I learned lots
2: from it, even going through it again. Totally, totally. yeah. yeah cool. it, it was. It, cool. I, I want to thank you for picking this because for the longest time, I, I didn't have a connection with this album. I, I don't want to say I hated this album, but it, it was borderline. It's no, like, a lot of people come did. Come on, there's nothing did. worthwhile on here, and I've listened to it, <laughs> you know, a million times over the past thirty. Friggin' forty years, um, and and after doing this deep dive and listening to it solid for a week, e- even even if I hate the songs, finding the specific drumming section just made it worthwhile. Where where I never focused on the drums yeah. before, I was always focused on the guitar and the song structure and you know how 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 the vocals blended with with you know the the bits and pieces and and it's it is definitely a drum clinic it is a drum album and you know they they could have stripped out every other part and just had bono's or, or <laughs> bonham's parts on there and it's just drums only and it would be an amazing album yeah, yeah. just 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 bonham that's it
1: yeah so it, is this like your drummers favorite drummer type of album like it's one of those things which is so good i mean obviously like all three of you guys mm-hmm. play the drums mm-hmm. i think I feel so like now. the odd man out here but <laughs> um, i'm getting it i'm getting it this is one of those things where i mean like when i was listening through i was like this sounds a little ru- like rush a little rushy <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is but yeah it is it, it, it's one of those things where it's like drummers are like yo you gotta listen to Coda because
3: it, it it's <laughs> I think it's putting so, down. Yeah. It's just a re- I think it's a re-realization of that because of what uh, Jonah right. brought back, right? Because I think it was just like, oh yeah, like I kind of forgot this, and then like you, Mike, I just kind of just listened to drums. Like it, the yeah. guitar is meh, meh, and it, it's you uneventful. know, and the
1: vocals are meh.
3: And the bassline, you know, but the, yeah, and, the and I think the it's also too two...
1: voice on. Oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say the reverb on Plant's voice. That he's got, as the, you know, towards the end, he's got that almost like slapback reverb <laughs> yeah. happening, and it's, it's terrible. It's like the Honey Trippers. That's it, yeah. Like in that yeah. stuff yeah. he did in the 80s, like that's exactly yeah. what it's like, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's not about that, though. No,
3: and I, and I kind of forgot about that when I listened to it, when I listened to it more, and it was just like, if you just listen to the isolated drums, and, and you know what? <laughs> I, I, this is another good album, too, that shows how tight john paul jones is with bonham like i don't know you know as far as like a bass and drum combination he is doing every single thing that Bonham is doing but on the bass right like he's doing pretty much the same thing yep
0: yeah saint tristan sword that song that is like the perfect for me that is like the two of them just you know playing the same instrument together you know one Uh... hand not age, yeah, right? yeah,
3: and I don't know of a better combination. Or, or I shouldn't say I don't know, but there's not many better combinations of bass players and drummers together than that. And probably think not think.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, Sorry, I, I agree, one hundred percent. I concur. Yeah,
3: and if you haven't listened to Think Not Think, Jonah, go for it. You should. Okay, yep. I'll check them out. Yeah. That's the twentieth anniversary band. Uh hey man, thank you so much for coming on with us. This was awesome. Yeah, we had a we had a great time. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute yeah.
0: pleasure, guys. Thanks for having uh, We me wish on.
3: you nothing but the best here coming up with uh everything that's opening up and building and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully we can get down there to to visit you and pick up some beer and drink a have couple of Have a taco Have a taco, man. Taco have beer. a mouthful of yeah. tacos.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, we want you guys to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. Keep it going. Keep it strong because we're having a great time entertaining you guys with B-Sides and Beers podcast.